who's gonna turn down a junior mint? It's chocolate, it's peppermint, it's delicious. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Happy Father's Day. Are you glad to be in church this morning? That's good to hear. That's good to hear. I am so excited to be in church with you this morning. Welcome, welcome. Met a few people first time here. Welcome. We're so glad that you're here this morning. And uh, real quick, I want to tell you, we are trying to be careful with our social distancing. Also, we're not handing anything out right now, um, which we're kind of dying to do. And we'll get there to that place. And I know that's a struggle. But the one thing we tried to do to try to overcome that is you can't do it electronic. And I know a lot of people are a little adverse to that. But in case you can do this and, and get on, uh, what you'll do is you'll get on to your internet browser and go to our website, which is cotlakes.com. And once you go there, you go to the menu and there's a place that says e-guide. So this is an electronic guide that I'm looking at on my phone. It's what I'm going to use as I'm talking off of what I'm about to say, a few announcements. Uh, but especially at the, at the top there, if you're a first time guest, we would love for you to hit on that little button and give us three pieces of information, name, email, and cell phone. That's all we'd need. And we would love to just communicate with you further, get to know you and a little more about your family. So if you would do that again, welcome. And then I'm going to jump down. The next button actually says events. And let me talk real quick about a couple things and then we'll get to the word today. Today is our second annual Father's Day Cornhole Tournament. So uh, we'll have a good bit of competition going on in the cafeteria after this. For those of you, if you didn't sign up, you're still welcome to stay. I think we've got a little bit of extra food, but we kind of did it based on, on reservation. So you're welcome to stay, watch the tournament. Um, I'm planning on taking it this year. That's my goal. Um, I don't know who my partner is yet, but anyway, why would you laugh so hard at that, Patty? Anyway, um, no, I'm kidding. I, I stink at cornhole. But anyway, but we're going to have a good time. So come out and join us. It'll be a lot of fun. I uh, want to remind you, for those of you who are fairly new to the church, you'll notice every week in the notes, I put um, a, a follow-up to the teaching from our program, Right Now Media, that we have. And Right Now Media, amazing, amazing program. You can sign up for free. The church pays for a subscription, so you can have it for free. Uh, but it's just thousands of discipleship videos and things that you can look at online. And every week I pick some kind of a series or teaching off of Right Now Media that's a follow-up to the teaching today. And so I really want to encourage you to look at that and do that. It was so encouraging to me. I had one of our people that actually is a new believer. And she said to me, Pastor Mike, every week I take the Right Now Media, whatever you send, and on my lunch hour during the week I watch to follow up with the teaching. And so I really want to encourage you uh, that this is a great discipleship tool. Like you want something a little meatier, you want something more that's going on during the week, it's a great thing to do. For those of you who are in Life Steps, or if you had thought about coming to Life Steps today, it's Life Step 3, and uh, week 3, but because we're having the Cornhole Tournament, here's what we're going to do. Next week I'm going to do a twofer. So next week we'll do three and four after service. So if you want to be a part of Life Steps, come and join us next week and we'll do that together. 
Uh, I want to remind you that not only Thrive Student Ministries has youth tonight, but tomorrow they leave for camp. Um, so uh, there's a couple of us that are excited about summer camp. I'm going to summer camp. Uh, I'm just a big kid. I can't help it. I need to go to summer camp and shoot somebody with a paintball gun. So um, I'm going to camp with them. Really excited about that. We're going to have a blast. We've got about 20, 25 kids, teenagers. So church, would you be praying this week, right? That God will show up, speak to them. You know, it's at summer camp that people get callings. Right? And they, they, they get called to be a missionary. They get called into full-time ministry. They get told they're supposed to do children's ministry, missions, or whatever it is. So would you pray that this week? That God would just, I mean, every day. And let me encourage you, sometime, usually in the evening, sometime around 7, 7 p.m., okay, that you'd be praying because that's usually when they start the teaching in the evening service. And so would you guys take some time each night and pray, man, that God would just kind of show up and, and, and get in our kids' face, right? And just kind of rock their world this week. Amen? So would you be praying on that? Would really appreciate it, Camp Anderson. And then um, wanted to um, give you one more quick announcement that, that I have before I get into that. Is And that is, honestly, not very often do I do something like this, but we have a real need right now in the children's ministry. So would you really consider praying about uh, being a help in the children's ministry? If you're interested, send my wife a note, call us at the office, let us know. It would be amazing to uh, to have some people that would step up this summer. And it's just kind of a, nothing in particular, but this person's going on vacation and this person's having surgery and this person, but it all happened at once where my wife in the children's ministry lost nine of her best volunteers. All right, so we could use some help. If that's you that could do that for a short time period, that would be absolutely amazing. For those of you who haven't been here, we have been in a study called Culture Shapers. And um, God had me switch where we were going to do this study of the book of Daniel. And the reason, this is week three, the reason we're studying this book is because, in short, the book of Daniel is a story of a guy, and actually a group of guys, that are dropped into an absolutely crazy culture, and yet they're called to be influential in that culture. And instead of thinking about that simplicity, that's your calling. And that's my calling. Like we have been dropped into an insane culture. Anybody can I get an amen on that one? Right? You ain't got to be Republican or Democrat to give me an amen on that one. It's just an insane culture right now, regardless of what stance you are. Right? And, And we've been dropped in. And yet our calling as believers, as followers of Jesus, is to be influential. So how how do you do that? Like, how how do you actually deal with, because our culture is just pulling us to one side or the other. Would you agree? Like in every issue, come on, in every issue, you've got to decide what you are and what side you're on. Okay, Um, it's COVID-19. Oh, you better wear a mask, especially if you're riding in your car by yourself. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to offend anyone, but no, 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 think about it. I mean, you got to wear a mask. You don't wear a mask. We're, we touch, we don't touch. Like you, anybody else feel that tug, right? This is whole, like you got to pick a side thing, socialism, capitalism. I won't get into that one, but the tug and the pull of what's right and what's wrong. Black lives matter. Black lives don't matter. Blue lives matter. All lives matter. The tug to pick a side. Yes. Come on. And the strain there. Am I making you uncomfortable? Good. And here's why I say that, because the culture is going to make us uncomfortable and the people of God need to be able to give an answer. Like that's who we're called, that's, the word says that to us, right? Be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have. Like we, we have to be, and this is exactly what the culture is doing, is pulling us. Immigration. Build a wall, not build a wall. Let people in, the dreamers, DACA, blah, blah. I mean, come on, is there anybody else that feels the pull? To pick a side. 
Pick a side. Pick a side. That's the message. LGBTQ. Pick a side. Woo, got quiet in here in this Presbyterian church. Tax exemption for churches is now on the issue again. Whether churches would be tax exempt. The Supreme Court passed an issue this, this, uh, a, had a court case this week that is actually going to be huge on religious liberty and a big argument of that scenario and for churches. I mean, like, we are being pulled to one side or another. Is, can, can anybody agree with me on that one? Yes. Like, it's this pull, this crazy pull. You know, like, DC or Marvel. Superman or Batman. Papa John's or Little Caesars. Come on, somebody. The struggle is real. Right? Star Wars or Star Trek. Slytherin or Grindor. I got them all. Anyway. And as silly as I'm being about those, listen to me. That's real, is it not? This pull. This need to take a side. But I need to say this to you this morning. Listen to me. So critical for us to grab. If I've got a beef with you, if I've got an issue with you, first of all, you're wrong. Let me let you know now. Okay. No, no, no. Listen, if I've got a struggle with you, then there's three sides in that issue. There's my side. There's your side. Now let's stop there. The issue is you're talking about two flawed, sinful beings, which guess what that means? That means we're both wrong somewhere. Somewhere in it, we're both wrong. Like we're not perfect in our response. So there's a third side, that third side, that's God's side. See, the reality is our culture is pulling us. Pick a side, pick a side, pick a side. God forbid you make a statement on social media, right? And the thread that might come or the responses, because you pick a side, pick a side, pick a side. And what God's people need to be about, listen to me, is what is God's side? But the only way we're going to be able to recognize that and deal with that in our own lives is to recognize what the culture is doing and trying to do. Because remember, this world, listen to me, we forget our Bible sometimes. Satan has a whole lot of authority on this earth. Like he has a lot of dominion here. Like he's, he's directing things. And, and, and And I want us to remember as we're looking at it, we've been looking at the book of Daniel. There's, there's some themes that I think that we've found over the last couple of weeks. The very first week, I didn't say it to you this way, but I think what we identified was culture's goal. Did you know that culture has a goal for you? Do you know what it is? It's to change your identity. It's to change your identity. Because see, who you are is created in the image of God with a purpose and meaning and a plan for your life. But what culture wants to do is to change your identity. Pick a side. Who are you? Right? Red or blue? And, 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 and that's this continual struggle. How is culture going to do that? Well, the test they're going to give you is compromise. Will you compromise a little bit? Will you lean a little bit? I mean, you know, nobody's going to notice if you fudge the numbers a little bit. Right? That's, that's the test of culture that we saw they wanted Daniel and the boys to, to, to compromise last week. And we got the story of the fiery furnace, right? The, the idea of compromise. What is culture sin? This is what we talked about last week as well. Culture sin is pride. Pride. Because when I sit at that place where my side is right and your side is wrong, knowing that I'm a sinful being, knowing that I'm not perfect, there's a pride issue there. There's a pride issue there. 
right? And that's the sin of culture. So today I want to talk to you about what is culture's tactic? What is culture's tactic? What is the culture doing to us to try to get us to do these other things, to change our identity, to compromise, right? And to carry pride because it's all about you, right? I have, I have rights. I got rights. I got the right of free speech. Really, does that mean you can say anything? Because last I checked, the scripture said, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Right? And, and, and so again, there's our side, your side, but then there's God's side. So what is culture's tactic? It's distraction. If I can distract you, if I, if I can get you to focus on things that are minimal and stupid and don't matter, if I can get you battling, if I can get you arguing on social media, I can make you completely ineffective as a witness. Like, it's distraction, trying to pull us away. Next week, listen to me, next week I'm going to talk to you about what culture needs. And I'll go ahead and give you the answer. It's you. What culture needs is you. What culture needs is me, is a people who are God's people, who come and say, I love, I bring kindness. I bring to the table a side, but I also bring to the table that I know my own pride and my own sinful nature. So I'm here to listen, right? Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to be angry. But I want to talk to you about distraction today. Before I do, this has been a bummer of a weekend for me. And for some of you, I'm I'm about to not make it real great for you because you maybe don't know this. But Harry Noreen, who... Harry is part of our launch team. Harry and Molly, a lot of you guys know. Most of you know Harry because he always stands out front and greets everybody. Right? Indian kind of guy, darker skin. Um, sometimes hard to understand because his accent is so thick. Just the greatest guy in the world, the most loving guy. So I've been with the family all weekend. Last night about 7.30, most of you all know Harry's been battling congestive heart failure. But we, we turned off the machines about 7.30 last night. And he's in that process right now of the slow going away. And I got to tell you, it's, it's rocked my world as I started thinking about talking about today. And you're going to see in a minute how much it ties in with what God wants to say today. And it's why I'm bringing it up. Because when you stand at door, death's doorstep, it changes your perspective. It changes to help you understand what it is that God is, distra- God is God is seeing us so distracted by this world. So many things that we think are so important that are not important. And so I want to talk about distractions. I want to talk about it. I'm going to, I'm going to pray. I want to take a minute and pray for the Noreen family. But then I want to pray for us. And I'm going to pray to ask God, Holy Spirit, would you open up? Would you let us let the wall down just a little bit that we might hear you speak to us today? Let's pray that. Father, first I pray for Molly and for Devin and Sheena, his son and daughter, and the rest of the family. Give them peace right now, Father. Thank you for Harry. What an amazing man. Loving and kind and always a smile no matter what was going on. And so, Father, would you give them peace and grace right now as they go through this time. Father, I pray for us that in the next few minutes that you would pull all the distractions away. 
And that you would help us to laser focus on what you would have to say to us. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. Give us ears to hear and courage to step into what you say. We ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Daniel chapter 5 verse 1. So last week we talked about King Nebuchadnezzar. And now we're going to talk about King Nebuchadnezzar's predecessor, his son, who is now the king. Right? Daniel chapter 5 says this. King uh, Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine with them. While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem. I want to stop there just for a moment because we need to set our minds straight on this. Anytime you see drinking or drunkenness in the Bible referred to, I need you to understand there's a, there's a, there's a theological concept that's being presented and it's this. It's a do whatever you want. Be merry, drink, and have fun. It's a, it's a just a laissez-faire, you know, relax, enjoy it kind of an attitude. And not only that, but now what we see is, if you remember, they stole all the things out of the temple when they tore down Israel, and now they're using them. So it's this, it's this mocking. You understand what I mean? It's, it's, this, it's like this mocking of God. In the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken from the temple of Jerusalem, so that the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines, might drink for them. So they brought in gold goblets that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem. And the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines, drank for them. And they drank the wine. They praised the gods, little g, plural. They praised the gods of gold and silver, of bronze and iron, wood and stone. And suddenly the fingers of a hand appeared. I don't know what that looked like, but you guys know my imagination is crazy. And so I have like different thoughts. Like it says the fingers. So like, was it just fingers sticking out of a wall? Like big old fingers? Was it a hand? Was it a cut? Was it an Adam's family thing? You know what I'm talking about? Out of the box type of deal. We don't know, but, but what they saw was this vision. If you can imagine, right? And if you've ever been at that place, come on. Some of you back in the day, you partied a little bit. And you can remember having a few and all of a sudden something weird happened. Right? Look on YouTube. You see drunk people watching magic tricks. That's kind of what I picture here. All of a sudden, there's a hand that appears, right? And it wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace, the king watched the hand as it wrote. Now, this is not in your your notes if you're looking at the notes, but let me keep reading in verse 6. And his face turned pale with fright. His knees had fellowship together. Uh, They began to knock together in fear, and his legs gave way beneath him, passes out. Right? Comes back to, says the king shouted for the enchanters, astrologers, and fortune tellers to be brought before him. He said to these wise men of Babylon, whoever can read this writing and tell me what it means will be dressed in purple robes uh, of, of royal honor and will have gold chains placed around their neck. He will become the third highest ruler in the kingdom. And not one of them could figure it out. You know why? Because these were mysteries of God. And I need you to hear this this morning. God has mysteries about your life that you will never know until you are in relationship with him. Right? It it, it requires that reality of relationship. God has mysteries about your life that you can only know by connecting to the God of those mysteries. Right? Psalm 139. All the days ordained for me are written in the book before one of them came to be. God knows and knew all of your days. Before one of them came to be. And so I say this to you. Listen to me. For those of you who are banging your head against the wall in life. 
It is God who has all the answers. And until you connect to the God of the mystery, the mystery will continue to be a mystery. I promise you, you cannot do life without, you'll never figure life out without him. Try it, I dare you. It doesn't happen because he's the God of all mysteries. And all of a sudden in this moment, uh, the king's wife remembers Daniel because remember Daniel had interpreted dreams, had interpreted things before, right? So the wife calls for Daniel, right? Verse 13. So Daniel was brought before the king and the king said to him, are you Daniel? One of the exiles, my father, the king brought from Judah. I have heard that the spirit of God is in you of the gods is in you and that you have insight, intelligence, and outstanding understanding. The wise men and the enchanters were brought before me to read this writing and to tell me what it means, but they could not explain it. Now I have heard that you are able to give interpretations and to solve difficult problems. If you can read this writing and tell me what it means, you will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around your neck and you will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. And Daniel says, thanks, but no thanks. He says, I'm really not interested in your money. I'm not really interested in all that. He said, now I will tell you this, King. I'll be happy to tell you what it means. Only because I know the God, the real God of the universe, the God of all mysteries, will give me the answer to tell you because he's trying to communicate something with you. And this book, this book of Daniel, is a prophetic book. In other words, we can take the messages that are being spoken and we can actually put them to ourselves, which is what we're going to do today. Okay, and so so he, he he goes through this whole now before this he goes now king before we get into this I need to remind you of something My, uh, your daddy played this game with God if you're here last week we read the story right he said look your your daddy played this game with God and I don't even remember king but he went insane for a few years he was eating grass and had claws and feathers and he was an animal right remember the story last week and you know Belshazzar would have remembered that. Because he, he would have been old enough to remember dad going through this and then coming back and being restored. And he said, God's trying to speak to you and playing this game, and you're kind of doing the same thing. It's not in, not in the notes, but Daniel 5.23 says this. He says, instead, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. Can I say this to you? That's our problem today. It's lack of obedience. It's lack of living the way God has called us to live. It's, it's lack of living out your real identity. It's compromising the things that not, cannot give meaning to our lives. And so I think what God would say to us, hear me on this church. It is so hard to deliver these messages right now. Because I love for you to laugh. That's why I tell Boudreaux jokes. No, I don't have one right now. I love for you to laugh, but here's what I firmly believe to the core of my being. The Holy Spirit has been saying to me. America is going into exile right now. And it is because of our disobedience. It is because of our disobedience. Listen to me. Vote. Register to vote and vote. You need to do that. So don't hear what I'm about to say any differently than that. But I promise you, we're not going to vote a change. Listen to me. It's a discipline issue that we're having with God. He is disciplining us. And until God's people come back to a place of obedience and repentance, until we stop and go, I'm setting myself up against God. Until we understand that, that, that we have compromised so much as a country and as a nation. 
And let me just say it as a church and a people and watered it down so much that we've got to come to a place of understanding. It's going to take humility, repentance, and obedience. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I know that's not the most popular message. I know that's not the feel good. I know you're like, oh, I'm not going home and put that one on my refrigerator. <laughs> but I have to say it. I have to say it. The racial strife is not voted into change. Either way, either side of the aisle. It's a heart change. It's a heart issue. It's a brokenness inside of us. And listen to me, the only place I can start is right here. And the only place that you can start is right where you are. For us to draw that circle and step in and say, God, bring revelation. I, I want, you want revival? You want awakening in our country? Then draw a circle, step in it and say, let it start in this circle first. It's got to start in me. It's got to start in me. Because we are called to be Daniel. We are called to be influencers in a crazy, chaotic culture that has denied God and in so many ways gone pagan in our beliefs. And hear me, vote, register for vote, be politically active. Those things are important. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying to you is most of the issues are not going to get solved on a ballot. They're going to get solved in our hearts. They're going to get solved in the church that gets very real and serious about who God is and what he has called us to be and do. Let me keep reading. He says, you had the goblets from the temple brought to you, and you and your nobles and wives and concubines drank for them. In other words, you took things that were supposed to be holy, and you made them unholy. I wonder if there's anything we can think of in our culture that was supposed to be holy. We've made it unholy. You praise the gods of silver, gold, bronze, and iron, wood, and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. In other words, you've worshipped that which is of this earth. You've worshipped money and fame and things, and you've worshipped your business, and you've worshipped your yard or your car or whatever things that we get so insanely crazy about that are the things of this world as opposed to me. I couldn't help but think about it. I am stoked about the idea of football season coming back. Anybody? Come on, somebody. Like, I just need somebody, some linebacker to come through the middle and knock somebody's head off. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I need to see that. Like, I cannot wait. But I'm reading this and I could not think of. It drove me crazy to think, do I worship during worship like I do in a stadium? And was I as excited about this morning as I am waiting for the football game to come on on Sunday afternoon? Come on. We have turned and worshipped things that are of this earth, not like the creator of the universe, not like what, who he is. And God, for, God, forgive us. But you did not honor the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. Therefore, he sent the hand that wrote the inscription. In other words, Belshazzar and people, us today, I need to remind you that God holds your life in the palm of his hand. I need to remind you that he's, he's got it all right here in the palm of his hand. 
But you know what? That hand can very quickly turn and write you a message. And here's the message that he wrote. Handwriting on the wall, Daniel 5.25. This is the inscription that was written. Meeny, meeny, tickle Parsons. God's humor. <laughs> when you read the Bible, you got to see humor in it. God's hilarious. Because you need to understand something about this that you probably don't understand. Okay? This is a form of Aramaic that would have not been very understood by many peoples, why it was hard to. But also, when you translate it, meeny, meeny, tickle parson, these were actually Aramaic currency measurements. Okay, so let me give you the measure. This is, this is, here's the message. He looks at the king, he goes, okay, king, here's what it means. Penny, nickel, dime. Get all your sorcerers to figure that out. Penny, nickel, dime. I see God sitting on the throne, elbow Jesus is going, watch this one. Right? Watch them do enchanting and chain around, cut themselves and whatever madness they're going to do to try to figure out penny, nickel, dime. This is what the words mean. So here, here Daniel comes with the interpretation. Meaning God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Here's the message for us, the prophetic word for us that I need to say to you. I'm about to say things you already know. But I'm about to say things you may not be living according to. You tracking with me? So here's what you already know, but you may not be living according to. Your days are numbered. Your days are numbered. Don and I were just having this conversation this week. Your days are numbered. In other words, you have a death date. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Hi, I'm Pastor Mike, here to encourage you this morning. Listen. 100 new medical research, 100% of us are going to die. Did you know that? Listen to me. And some of us shorter than other. I had no idea that Harry's was going to be so quickly. Right? And what about us? Listen to me. Your days are numbered and we forget that we have a predetermined number of days. And then our life is over. That is important because what you think you have a lot of, you're slack with. What you're running out of, you're wise with. Come on. You got a lot of money? You're like, I don't care. Open the door and turn on the air conditioning. You having a hard time paying your bills? You're screaming at the key. Shut the door. Turn the air. That 74 is ridiculous. Turn it up. Right? Because when you have little, listen to me. So again, not something that's like an ooh revelation for you this morning, but let me ask you, are you living like you have plenty of days left when it could be shorter than you think? And that's a hard message. Like that, that's, that's a hard thing to hear, but I come from a culture. So for some of you that, that know or don't understand, I, I was born in Mississippi. We lived on the coast in Mississippi, but the coast of Mississippi, Southern Mississippi and Southern Louisiana have very similar cultures. Right? The whole Louisiana culture, Mardi Gras. I mean, we had Mardi Gras and Biloxi, Gulfport, all that kind of... So it's kind of like one culture. Right? It's just this mix of Bubba's and Cajuns, you know, kind of thing. But the culture's a lot the same. And there's this, this saying, Laissez le bon temps rouler. Know what that means? Let the good times roll. Come on. Get it in before you give it up. You know what I'm talking about? Like the whole concept of Mardi Gras, I don't know if you know this, 
but is because you're about to have Lent and give up a whole bunch of stuff, let's spend two weeks going excessive with all that stuff before then. That's the idea of Mardi Gras. Like, is this, like, feel good, like, the whole culture. Like, my people, my, my people, they die young. Like, our mortality rate's worse than any other. You know why? Because we fry breakfast, lunch, dinner, and dessert. You know what I'm talking about. Anybody else? Right? Listen, but this attitude, this thought of just, oh, whatever, going to do whatever, whatever feels good. One in three lottery winners go broke. It's not because of lack of money. It's like a lack of the ability to handle the money. I would say at least one in three people's lives are in chaos. Not because they lack days, but because they lack the ability to manage the days. Right? We lack the ability to stop and say, God, what is it that you are calling me to do? Who is it that I'm supposed to be today? Instead of letting culture define it for us. Hebrews 9 and 27. Just as people are destined to die once, and after that, face judgment. There you go. Put that one on your refrigerator. That's my new life verse. No, that's not. We don't, we don't like it, but, but we, ha- we have to look at this, yes? We've got to look at this and remember, like there's, 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 there's reason and purpose to the fact that God gave you today. If you get up tomorrow morning, and I'll say if, because that's been reinforced in me this weekend. If you get up tomorrow morning, there's a purpose and a reason God has for what he wants you to do with tomorrow. Let me ask him, let me ask you, will you ask him what that is? Will you take the time to sit still and hear what it is? Because your days, well, they're numbered, right? Say it to you this way. What if today you had one year to live? What, what if you got a diagnosis today and you have one year? Let me ask you a question. What would you do differently? Let me ask it this way. What are you doing that you would stop doing? And what are you not doing that you would start doing? And let me say it to you this way. You probably should do that today. There's a, there's a reality that we've got to look at that is this prophetic word that's being given to the king, but I think it's been spoken to us across all these years later to look and say, listen, your, your days are numbered. God has given you an allotted amount of time to be here on this earth and do what you have been called to do. Your days are numbered. Daniel 5.27 says, Tekel, Tekel, this is the next word. It says, you have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. You've been weighed on the scales and found wanting. In other words, your life is out of balance. Now, I'm pretty sure I could, I would have a hard time finding anybody here this morning that would be like, oh no, crushing it, total balance. Like perfect amount of time with God, perfect amount of time with my spouse, perfect amount of time with my kids. I got work under control. All good, right? No, not, no. This, so this is, this is true in all of us. This is true to, in the one who's speaking to you. Right? Of us consider balance. So this is kind of a heavy message. So I had a little fun with it. Here's, here's some numbers for you. The average person is going to live 79 years. That's 28,835 days. Listen to this. 12,045 days in bed. Somebody said amen on that one. 4,127 days of screen time. 4,000 days of screen time. 
That's unbelievable. 1,146 days on vacation. 395 days of romance. That's pathetic. Come on now. Come on, that's pathetic right there, right? Like my wife, she was like, was that just being sex? I'm like, no, honey, that's all the rest too. But anyway, 334 days of school. Let me say this to you. Here's a bad message. These are the best days of your life, kid. What a terrible message when that's all it is. Come on. And there's a whole rest of life to live. It is a part of life, but it is not the main part of life. Right? 4,821 days working, 1,583 days eating. (laughs) Lord have mercy. Oh, and I also looked this up. The average American, 1,811 trips to McDonald's. Don't be all judgy. No, don't be sitting there acting like, I've never eaten a chicken nugget in my life. Don't even start. Don't even start. Don't even start. 1,583 days exercising, that ain't everybody. Anyway, uh, 368 days socializing, 235 days in line. Here's a good one. Getting ready. Men, 46 days. Women, 136 days. And all the men said amen on that one, right? Listen to me. The point of all that, and the point of us to say this, listen to me, is if you keep trying to stuff stuff into your schedule, it's going to destroy you. If you keep trying to cram everything in, maybe you don't need to play five sports. Maybe your kid doesn't need to be in every activity. Because we feel this pressure to keep up with the Joneses, because, well, their kid, they're an Eagle Scout and captain of the football team. <laughs> so I, man, I must suck as a parent. Cause I, what, what, stop, 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 stop. Because what you're doing is living someone else's life. When God has a life that he's called you to live and a life that he's called for your kids to live, what is it that God's called you to Let me say it to you this way. If you're burning the candle on both ends, you're not as bright as you think you are. Right? Come on. So we've got to come to this place of going, you know what? My, my, my days are numbered. Like, I, I need to be very real with that reality. I, I, I used to have a counter on my phone. And it told me how many days left until Crescinda turned 18. And I can remember back when it was like, you have 157 weeks. Or, you know, you have the, well, she moved out a couple weeks ago. Like, I don't have that counter anymore. Like I, like I have a limited amount of influence on her life now because she's moved out and done. And so that's, that's over. We have a different relationship now. And so I, I need you to hear, listen to me. Your days are numbered. Yes. And you're probably out of balance somewhere and we need to bring balance to it, which the only way probably for you to bring balance is probably to pull some things out. What is that? What is that? What is it that if you could pull two things? I put that as your next steps in the notes. Two things. What are two things you could pull out of your schedule to give just a little bit of margin? That if you had one year to live, you would say, you know what? I wouldn't be doing that if I had one year to live. I'm pulling that out. I'm pulling this concept out because you know what? I've got to get focused back on what it is that God's called me to do. Because here's what I need you to know. I counsel people weekly. I deal with couples and individuals and teenagers and you name it. And I see people banging their head against the wall in so many different areas of their life. And all of them across the board, what it has to do with is chasing and striving. 
after things that are not what God has called them to go after. So then that's the call, church. That's, that's the push to us. What is it that needs to change inside of me? Because here's, here's what I can tell you. This crazy culture that's trying to pull you from one side to another, red or blue, LGBT, black lives, please, <laughs> listen to me. If your days are not numbered, and if you're out of balance, you're going to say lousy things. You're not going to say them well. You're not going to be a witness. You're going to be a clanging symbol, which is what the scripture says we are when we do not have love. Does that make sense? So if we're going to be influencers in chaos, it's going to require us to number our days. It's going to require us to bring balance to what we do. Let's listen to Ecclesiastes 4 and 6. This is a refrigerator verse. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. We keep going. Last thing. Daniel 5 and 28. Perez, which you're looking at and going, wait, 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 it was Parson. Perez is the singular, so you know, so this is a grammatical thing. Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. And here's the result. Listen to me. Here's the result. If we don't number our days, and some of you are about to go, holy cow, wish I'd have heard this a year ago, five years ago. If you don't number your days according to the calling of God on your life, and if you don't have balance to what you do and say no, Let's, let's try it. Let's try it. Everybody ready? I'm on the count of three. I want you to say no. One, two, three. No. That was good. Now try it this week. Yes? Right? That we bring some balance to say, no, I can't do that. And no, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. And no, that doesn't line up with my calling and my purpose. Right? And, and, and if we don't, listen, the last warning here, if we don't, if we don't number our days and we don't bring balance, then the result will be Division. Right? He says to the king, he says, he says, your kingdom will be divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. So the result will be division and chaos in your life. In other words, the reason that you're struggling and your marriage is seeing this is because your days aren't numbered and you're out of balance. The reason that you're struggling in your relationship with your kids or your kids are having a tough time or you're struggling in all the different areas, listen to me, is because my days aren't numbered according to what God has called for me. That I have a limited number and I'm going to put passionate urgency to these days based on what God's called me to do. And then I'm going to bring balance. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no to good. Listen to me. There's a difference between good and best. There's a lot of good you can do. A lot of good things you can do, right? A lot of great things you can get your kids in. But then there's best. And best is what God has said is what is part of your story or their story or the people around you. Does that make sense? Stop picking good when God has best and see what it is. Because if we don't, it brings division. If you don't find balance, all you have will be divided, he says to the king. If you don't find balance, you're going to continue to have strife. Struggle. Now let me say this to you. Pain, pain is a gift from God. We sang the song a little while ago, he's a good, good father. You know how how good God is in in the band? You guys can come on back up. I'm going to close in just a minute with three points and we're going to be finished. But he's a good father. And you know what a good father is? You know, every once in a while I've looked at my girls and they've blown it and I've just like thought, You know, we got eight, seven would be good, you know. 
And I thought, man, I'm just going to, like, this one's driving me crazy or whatever. And then all of a sudden, something comes over me, and I go, you know what? Grace. I'm going to give you one more shot. You ever given your kids one more shot? I'm not talking about 74th chance. I'm talking about one more shot. You know what I'm talking about? Not in Walmart going one, two, 47. That's not going to work. But what I am talking about is grace. And this is what our God does with you and me. Is he gives us a little pain. He gives us a little stress. He gives us a little something. And guess what that is? That's an indicator. And God's going, hey, hey, yo, whoa, 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 whoa. You feel that? That's a warning. I'm trying to give you a warning before you get to the place of complete division. I'm trying to give you a warning in your marriage before papers are filed. I'm trying to give you a warning before your kid goes off the deep end here. I'm trying to give you a warning before business falls off because of immoral practices or unethical practices that you continue to practice and not doing the way that I've called you to do it. Right? Pain is something that he gives us. Pain is a gift from God to help us. For some of us, some of the things that we're seeing in our life right now, listen to me, these might be things that are warning signs. I just want to help you for a second. Because we're in a place like this, sinful, in, sinful choices increase. All of a sudden, temptation increases. If you see temptation increasing, listen to me, it's a warning sign. It's a, it's, it's a warning sign. You know, all of a sudden, the secretary flirts with you at work. It's a warning sign. Like, like all of a sudden something happens or you see some strife between you and your husband, you and your wife. It's a warning sign. Like these are, these are healthy things that God's trying to say, hey, pay attention. Maybe your emotions get a little more inconsistent. Anybody fly off the handle? Come on, anybody ever kick the dog and then just go, what is wrong with me? This is what happens. We yell at cars that cannot hear you. Anybody? Listen to me. When those things happen, they're warning signs. They're warning signs of imbalance. They're warning signs of struggle inside of us that God gives us to help us. We're less productive. We can't get things done. Let me say it to you this way. It's today is the Sabbath. It's the Sabbath all day long. It's not just the Sabbath here on Sunday morning. So after cornhole and after lunch, go home and rest. Go home and do nothing. You're welcome, men. But I'm serious about that. Listen to me. You will be way more productive in the rest of the days if you're serious about Sabbath. If you're serious about being still before God. You hear me? Listen to me. Go home tonight and have dinner with your family at this thing called a table. Remember those? Come on, sit at the table. And and, and do it's going to take us understanding. We got to put... Maybe you get to the point where you go, you know what? I can't really hear God. And I would say to you, it is impossible to hear God in the midst of a football game. Right? You ever been in a rock concert? Come on, somebody. You ever been in a rock concert? Yeah, Misty raised her hand. I know Misty's been up here. If there was a concert right here, Misty would be right there. But you ever been and the music's blaring and, and your friend, you're like, what? Oh my God, what? You know what I'm talking about? Listen to me. If your life is chaotic and unordered, then you never do what we're doing right now.
challenge you to do something. Why don't you drive this week without the radio on? Just to practice quiet. Just to practice be still. Because here's what's interesting. If you go to one of those stadiums right now that nobody's in, and you get on one side of the stadium and I get on the other side of the stadium, I bet we could communicate. So you can hear that one voice when there's not a million other voices. And that's what happens. Is that we, 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 we don't number our days. We don't look at today with the intensity that is required and necessary. And we're so out of balance, chasing and striving and running after so many things. And we have the same result as King Belshazzar. Because there's just division and, there's, and we cannot hear the still, small voice of God. And you know what we need to hear more than anything? It's not the answers to the universe and it's not the answers to my full purpose and all that. You know what each one of us needs to hear every day? I love you. Like here we are on Father's Day. Some of us had some amazing fathers that told us that they loved us and nurtured and cared for us. Some of us didn't. And regardless of where you are, you still need to be in the place where you hear your heavenly father say, I love you. I love you. You matter. You are so important to me. And when you really hear your heavenly father say that, something in your soul will sit down. Something in your soul will stop trying to be the next whatever. Because we're chasing significance more than we're chasing purpose. Are you hearing me? God's purpose, God's meaning for our life. The rest of that verse, it goes on Daniel 5, 29. Then as Belshazzar commanded, Daniel was clothed in purple and gold chains were placed around his neck. He was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, king of Babylon, was slain. And Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the end of the day. See, balance. Listen to me. Balance in Daniel sustained him through the chaos. Here's what I know. Everything around us is nuts right now. I'll be very, very transparent. It is awkward for me to deal with my black friends and be the chaplain of the police department. It's awkward sometimes. It's, it's, it's sort of weird sometimes. Do you, do you understand what I mean? But listen to me. We are called to be in the middle. I don't know if you realize this or you can picture it in your head, but you know where Jesus was always in the middle? He went on that side or that side. He was right in the middle. He was in the middle cross between two people that hated him. Come on. To this day, he's in the middle. He's sitting behind the father. I mean, next to the father. And you know who he's between? The father and you. Scripture tells us that when we pray, he takes our prayers to the father. Jesus was always in the middle. That's where you and I are called to be. But listen to me. Until we order our days, until we get a little bit of a balance, we're going to go crazy in there. Right? We're going to go crazy chasing after all these stuff and trying to figure out what side to be on. 
And let me answer that question for you. How about we be on God's side? How about when it comes time to vote, you pray and ask God who to vote for, not because you have a certain party title on your voter registration, but because of what does God want to see happen? How how does God want to see this play out? What does God want to see? And, And if we'll do that, listen to me, kings will go away. Did you see the king go away? And who remained? Daniel remained. Right? That that we will be sustained through the chaos when we do that. Let me give you three points really quick. I'm going to close. Number one, you got to live with purpose and urgency. Purpose and urgency because our days are numbered. And listen to me, he numbered them before, so he had an idea. Listen, tomorrow morning, please get up and ask God what he wants you to do tomorrow. As you're driving to work, turn the radio off and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to touch? Who do you want me to talk to? What is it that I can do today that will make a difference in this world in the midst of the chaos? Who do you want me to love? Psalm 39, Lord, remember me. Uh, Remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeing away. My life is no longer than the width of my hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. Psalm 90, teach us to realize the brevity of life that we may grow in wisdom. How do we do that? Number two is this. You got to put first things first. You might need to clean your garage. Anybody like me need to clean out your garage? Anybody like, looks like Hurricane Katrina went through my garage. And I was thinking about cleaning out my garage. You know the best way to do that? Do you know the best way to do that? You take everything out of the garage and do you know what you put in first? The big things. You don't, you don't, you don't go up. Oh, here's the screwdriver going to put this one in first. No, if I put the toolbox in first, the screwdriver's got a place to go. Listen to me. In your life, you've got to put the big things, the priority things, the God things first. We've got to put first things first. He's got to have the first of your day. Listen to me. I know you're a night person, but God doesn't sleep and you need to start your day hearing his word and listening to him. Give him 15 minutes in the morning. Giving the first of your week. That's why you're, that's what you're doing right now, right? We've given him the first of our week. Now give him the first of your week the rest of this day. Have, 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 have a focused dinner and lunch with your family. Turn off the craziness on the screen. Cut down that screen time up there. And actually like do this thing called talking. It's weird. We don't know how to talk except with our thumbs these days, right? First things first. Last thing. And this is a duh. Do it now. I know with everything inside of me, if Harry could stand right next to me right now, that's what he'd say to you. Do it today. Do it now. Because your days are numbered and we don't know. Amen? You understand? And let's ask God to help us to do this today. Would you close your eyes? Let's pray for just a second. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your patience with us. We are so hard-headed, so prideful, so so sure of ourselves. We got it all together. We know the right agenda and the things to do. 
So today we, we take stock in, in your word, in your prophecy to the king. And we take it to ourselves to order our days, God. We have a limited number of days that you have given us. We acknowledge that today before you. And now, Father, we ask you, would you help us to bring balance? Would you speak into us what needs to come out of our schedule? What needs to go into our schedule? That we might be more purposeful, more urgent, maybe even more sincere than just the chasing after the wind that we do in so many areas of our life. Father, for anyone here today who's never began a relationship with you, I pray that you would meet them right where they are this morning. And if that's you this morning, I'm going to pray a simple prayer that you can pray this morning to begin a relationship with God. Something like this, Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I want purpose in my life. I'm tired of running around in circles, chasing after things that give me temporary pleasure, but not real happiness or contentment. So today I give my life to you, my heart to you. Forgive me of my sins. Best as I know how, I'm going to seek you the rest of my days. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Now strengthen us to be who you've called us to be and do what you've called us to do. We pray it all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Let me read this one verse and then we're going to sing. 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says this. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Don't procrastinate whatever it is that God's speaking to you this morning. Right? He wants to meet you today and have today be a day that you go, man, I look back to that particular day when some new things started and I changed some things in my family. Would you stand to your feet? Marcus is going to lead us in some worship and then release you this morning. I carry the burden for too long on my own. I wasn't created to bear it alone. I
Give us strength now to go do what you have called us to do. To not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Strengthen us, Holy Spirit, that we might bring influence into the chaos. We ask it in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Hope you have a great one. If you're staying to join us, we'll see you out back in the cafeteria for lunch. Otherwise, have a great day. We'll see you next week.